0: Another week another episode of trash talk with cj and rush welcome to the show everybody jonathan rushing how you doing
1: doing well it's nice to be back after a few week hiatus there but we have a very special guest joining us today a good friend of mine andy lindhall from denver colorado he works for 92.5 fm altitude sports radio I hopefully i got that right andy he covers the broncos the colorado buffalo he covers the the denver nuggets the rockies the avalanche all things colorado andy how are you
2: good guys how are you doing
0: good. We're excited to talk some Colorado style sports before we dive into everything else for the day. As we know, we've only got you for a little bit, but I mean, you know, Jonathan said it, Denver's the place to be right now in the Broncos. It's been an interesting season for the Broncos, but how do you, how do you think so far, uh, compared to what they were expected to do this season, how they've been doing?
2: Uh, you know, see, that's a great question. Um, it's a tough one to answer. They they haven't met expectations because we thought with this young offense and all the pieces they added to it, they'd be ready to compete for a playoff spot. The thing that's been so tricky about evaluating this team, especially on the radio all year, they're so injured. You know, they come out of camp. Vaughn Miller was literally taking the last rep of practice in their first week leading up to the game and gets some ankle injury that I've never even heard of. Hurt some <laughs> ligament I didn't know existed, like – like, I guess the limit, the ligament pops in front of a bone somehow, and you got to go have surgery to get it back in there, and it tore, and it just was the weirdest thing. And then Cortland Sutton, their best receiver, uh, does something to his knee later that week in practice and then blows it out trying to basically force it against Pittsburgh when he should have been playing a game that Drew Locke got hurt in. Uh, their defense has just been – Obliterated by injuries and now a suspension to AJ Boyer. They're supposed to have AJ Boyer and Bryce Callahan as their starting corners. Those guys, um, Callahan finally came back after being a free agent a year ago, one of Vic Fangio's guys from Chicago. And he finally comes out and plays this year. We didn't see him all last year, but now he's been hurt. AJ Boyer, he got hurt in the opener against Tennessee. Comes back like, but he and Locke got shoulder injuries in back to back games. So Locke came back a little quicker than Boyer, which I'm a little surprised because it was Locke's throwing shoulder. And he kind of looked a little off the first couple games. Um, Jarrell Casey from the Titans was supposed to be a big part of this team. He gets hurt two weeks in. Uh, they're starting a defensive line that I'm not sure they would have started in the preseason. And that doesn't even – wait till we get to today. Vic Fangio said that he's got three healthy corners today against Buffalo. Um and one of those corners is former safety Will Parks that they just picked up back from Philly after he was released. So he, they don't even technically have three true corners on the roster today. So that just kind of tells you what this team has been dealing with. The offense has been fairly healthy, but the, the effects of Cortland Sutton being gone have been noticeable. Uh, Phillip Lindsay's hurt now they're running back. So when it comes to trying to give the old hot take on radio as to what we think this team needs to do, because – what we were hoping is to get a clean read on Drew, Drew Locke, and do you move on from Drew Locke? Do you draft a guy? It, it's been impossible. It just, it's just it been impossible because this team uh, has yet to actually have the regular season roster they hope to have.
1: That's totally true. Andy, those was all great hot takes. But I think the Broncos, considering, yeah, they're 5-8, and eight, but I feel like their record should be a lot worse, all the adversity that they've had to overcome. So they've beaten some really good teams. Like they defeated the New England Patriots in Gillette, without scoring a touchdown, like I never thought in a million years, they would have won that game, but the Broncos, yeah, they're five and eight. Are they, I think they're still technically mathematically in the hunt. Are they?
2: Yeah. It's some, like, it's a decimal points chance, which you're out. Okay. It's not even a 1% chance. (laughs) It's like a point, something, something. And look, you know, if they win today, I will be amazed. I'm not going to go all radio guy and promise you guys a tattoo or (laughs) a <laughs> naked run through the park or anything like that, but I, I don't I can't even as a guy that grew up in Denver, a Colorado native, I cannot come to a place where I see them winning this game today. So that should be the end of whatever that decimal points chance is of getting in.
0: Now what all I mean, my they,
1: Well, go ahead, Christian.
0: I was gonna say now all my hopes for the morning are, are officially squashed with that. Yeah. No no tattoos, no streaking. I mean well, I might as well just go to bed.
1: <laughs> I'm just excited that we have NFL football on a Saturday. So that's really exciting. Well, the fact Vegas must have the Broncos some kind of chance of winning. The Las Vegas sportsbooks have Buffalo is only a five and a half point favorite. And if it were me, I'd probably give them like a 10 or 17 point favorite to the bills. But so, yeah, the Buffalo only a slight chance there. I know the home team gets three points, but the Broncos, they might have a chance.
2: Jonathan, you're a good positive man. You ought to come do radio at KOA in Denver where I used to work because that's the kind of thinking that we need. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how this – because John Brown comes back for the Bills today. Uh, you watched what the Bills were able to do with the Steelers. Um, it, it just is – you know, I, I just don't know. Like the offense has to compete, and that's been the problem. Until last week against Carolina, who, by the way – I don't know who any of the Carolina defense is. They're another team that's just been ravaged with injury. Um, Drew Locke was insisting that he throw the ball down the field. Drew Locke is like stuck on wanting to be a highlight machine. And that's one of my biggest concerns about the guy. Last week against Carolina, he finally started taking some of the short underneath routes um, and actually getting some, some rhythm to the offense. It's been maddening to me because I used to coach high school across before I got my afternoon time slot on altitude and Drew reminds me of one of those kids. that's always going to tell you he's going to take your coaching and then goes out in the game and doesn't take your coaching to the point where Trent green during a Raider game earlier this year was just like, why is drew lock running out of the pocket too soon, throwing off his back foot, not going short when he's got them and throwing it downfield, like quarterback after quarterback, after quarterback that we've had on as analysts on these games has just been befuddled by drew locks, decision-making and inaccuracy. And, uh, so all we're hoping to get out of these last three games, if we can't get a win, which I don't think will happen today, um, I'm just hoping to see him actually run the offense and give me some evidence that he's still worth putting the time in. Because frankly, there have just been games, and you mentioned that that win against the Panthers or against the Patriots, he made some terrible decisions in that game. He forced the ball downfield at one point until last week. I've got the stats somewhere. He was nine of 49 throwing the ball in air yards, 21 or over nine of 49. He had four picks and no touchdowns until finally uh, apparently the Carolina Panthers weren't aware that KJ Hamler would have been one of the fastest guys at the combine if he was healthy enough to run last year. So they just let him go running through the secondary. Like it was no big deal. And he of course burned them. So there's still some stuff to evaluate here. And I want to believe the Broncos are on on the way back to being a good team. But, guys, it's been been a rough five years. It's not even just been a rough year. It's been a rough five years. They can't figure out the quarterback thing.
1: I agree. Ever since Peyton Manning rode off into the sunset, like they're just trying to find a quarterback. But I just wanted to get your take on the whole crazy quarterback situation that happened against like a week ago. Like how does the NFL let that game get played with no – a quarterback. I mean, for the competitive nature of the NFL to not allow a team to go on with a quarterback, you had all four of your guys on the quarter in the quarterback room on the COVID list. They should have just postponed that game. Like, I don't know. What's your take on that, Andy?
2: Jonathan, you know how it works being an NFL network guy. I I can't tell you all I know without having some people not talk to me again. I'll just put (laughs) it to you this way. As I was given this story and I've got two corroborating sources They weren't, the quarterbacks weren't doing what they were supposed to do. I I will just say, as I understand it, we weren't really given everything maybe that happened. It wasn't just a quick pull my mask down. I think Blake Bortles talked to Mike Cliss, a beat writer here in town, and he admitted we weren't doing what we were supposed to be doing. So I think ultimately what happens was these guys got together, they did their tape session. There was probably less mask wearing than what they wanted to admit to. And the NFL, as they dug deeper and deeper and deeper, I think here's ultimately how I think what happened, Jonathan, the NFL wanted to make an example of somebody we all thought that that example was finding the Raiders and taking draft picks. Right. We all thought early in the year, Tennessee was going to be the example as it turns out, the Vol- the Broncos in their young quarterback room, which, again, Blake Bortles isn't all that young. you think the dude that has everything to gain from one of these guys missing a game so he can put some tape out there again would have went and isolated himself and not joined in on this stuff. But he went to the meeting too. So all four quarterbacks that are on this roster in some capacity, because technically Bortles is the practice squad, decided they'd go have a meeting and not enough mask wearing went on. And so the NFL's like, fine, you guys, I mean, because again, it was in mid November, right after the NFL said they raised their threat level or they raised their awareness level or whatever they're calling it. Literally the Monday before these guys did this, they said, don't test us. Don't test us. Then this happens and the NFL starts finding out more and more about it on Thursday. So they're like, you know what? Fine. You don't get a play with a quarterback. Did I think it was fair? It, you know, Like, Brandon McManus can't play in the game today, okay? He admitted to everybody Monday, I was in close contact. It's now Saturday. I think he should be allowed to play. He went right to them and said, I've been in close contact. Test me, I'll isolate. Those guys didn't handle it the same way, so they did it to themselves, and the NFL was just waiting. Let's be honest, guys. All of a sudden, everyone's isolating a quarterback. The NFL took note. Like, this finally got the league's attention, the Broncos were just dumb enough to volunteer for it. That's what sucks about it. They volunteered to be the example by doing that. So even though I agree with you, it was a farce of a game, and I don't know how you can pull Des Bryant off the field in Baltimore two weeks ago and be like, ah, it's all fine. He's all right. They all rode in a bus together. They all got dressed in the locker room together, but nobody else is in close contact. Get him off the field. Let's play our game. That all seems a little uneven but at the end of the day the Bronco quarterbacks should not have all gotten together for a meeting in the facility with video if you're going to do this go do it at your house do not do it where the league can actually monitor and figure out what you were up to and put you in a position to let this happen
1: well my question to you did the Denver coaches know about this who's more to blame the players or the Denver Broncos organization as a whole to allow this to happen
2: well I mean at the end of the day the, the the young buck wanted to go watch tape and it was Here was, you know, again, I got to be careful what I put out there because I don't want to burn sources and whatever. All I'll say is they did not even inside the room as admitted by the players themselves, they didn't follow the protocols. So the mask wearing wasn't whatever it should be. They had food in there, which I don't probably think they should have had it. And they just didn't pay close enough attention to what they were doing. So, excuse me, at the end of the day, It's real to me. It's on the players. It's, you know, and again, what I didn't like when drew came out and talked about it the next day, drew comes out and he's like, well, I was in the wrong, but I was being a leader. I was in the wrong, but I was getting all in the, and he said like three times, I was in on my day off while everybody else was home. Well, you know what, dude, everybody on Sunday, the work day was on the field while you were watching from home. So don't feed me that line of crap because that's how that felt to me, right? You, you did something to where you couldn't be there for your team, and then you took three other players. It just is – I understand what you're saying, Jonathan. I think the NFL has a hard time coming back with, to us and telling us that there's competitive balance, I and mean, we'll never do anything that compromises our competitive balance when they allow you to go out there with a guy that was a running back in college. But, but the Broncos, you are not they, – they're non-factor. Let's, let's be honest about it. They don't rank high in the TV ratings. We're never the national game anymore. They don't have a quarterback that's of major interest to them. And you know how it is being at the NFL Network. The, the NFL is a TV show. They wanted their TV show. And one of the minor players in the Broncos did something stupid, and they were not going to put off a Saints game, who's one of the main characters in this TV show. They weren't holding up their season because the Saints are going to the playoffs and the Broncos are about to be eliminated. So it just you got You got to read the room, right? and i just felt like it was young guys being immature and i don't i i didn't like laura a lot coming out and tweeting i didn't i like the whole thing just irritates me and i'm sorry to keep going on about it but it was such a sore spot with me how drew handled it his answers and then his mom tweeting bro you're in charge you're the ceo of an nfl team now you can't be acting this way and your mom can't be coming out and tweeting i get how she feels as a parent you got to keep that stuff aside do you think the guys on the defensive side of the ball that knew they had no chance of winning that game with a guy that was on a practice squad and did take one single stinking – wasn't even there to be a quarterback. He was there to try to be a slot receiver. He's your quarterback that day? You think they give a damn about your mom tweeting that we should all quit picking on her boy? You're in a locker room full of men, dude. You can't handle it that way. So that's – I like I – I've got to get over some of this to get a good evaluation on Drew Locke, but gosh, that just bad taste in my mouth from that whole week.
1: Kudos to Vic Mangio for fielding a team to going and doing that. I think he's done a pretty good job there if only he had a quarterback. My only thought is, does Denver go and draft a quarterback? Is Drew Locke the guy of the future? I guess that's the only thing that, that remains to be seen. Obviously, Von Miller will be back next year, hopefully.
2: Well, but see, he's got like this big contract number. Now the question becomes, do the Broncos go on the cheap And let go of Vaughn, try to renegotiate the deal. I mean, I finally – we have yet to see Bradley, uh, Chubb, and Vaughn Miller together because last year Bradley was hurt. This year Vaughn's been hurt. The rookie year, you know, Bradley was just figuring, I just want to see Bradley and Vaughn together in a good defense, which Fangio does have. And Fangio has been a good – like, it's been good for the most part, right? Um, There's still some questions. Is he some version of Wade Phillips where maybe the head role isn't the right role for him? He's a hell of a defensive guy. I will not knock what that guy does defensively. It has been amazing what he's put up with some of these offenses, even against the chiefs. If you go back and look both games against the chiefs, he's had really good game plans. And I bet you some teams will copy him come the playoffs. um, But the offense has just let him down. And when it comes to the drew lock thing, like, here's my worry. If you're going to stink and you know, this is what sucks about the modern NFL, but it is what it is. Right. Fellas. Um, I'd rather they just lose these three games so you can actually be in the conversation for maybe one of those quarterbacks. Because if you're back around 15, then you might as well just go in on lock. There's too many teams looking for QBs that, and they could beat the chargers and they can Raiders who knows what's going to happen with the Raiders by the end of the year. And those are their next two games after today. So they could find seven wins again. And you know what? The Broncos are the poster child right now. When you get six, seven wins, you're just not, you're not high enough in the draft to really get good again. Um, at least from the quarterback, but you're, you're in the middle, right? You're also not where you need to be to try to be a playoff team again. So it's just, and that we haven't even talked about ownership, fellas, the ownership thing I think is going to become a big storyline this off season.
1: Boy, we'll, we'll find out Go well, ahead,
2: Christian.
0: A, a lot to unpack there. I mean, this, this is one, and I, and a, I I I messaged Jonathan. Uh, for those that don't know, we conduct this over Zoom, and I messaged, messaged a direct chat to Jonathan and said, "This is 100% trash talk. Like this is what this show is for, and I love it. And I'm almost afraid to transition to another topic going on in the city of Denver. At least this week, it came out. Listen, I'm an Angels fan through and through. I, you know, Bud Black was one of my favorites, and I'm. I still hate the fact that he's not our pitching coach anymore because I think he probably had the best pitching staff for the Angels at that time. But boy, some news came out about his Rockies this week that Nolan Arenado is apparently trying, or at least the the team, the Rockies, are trying to ship off Nolan to the Mets. Uh, I, I'll I be honest, I was surprised when he signed the long-term deal um, because it's been nothing but woes in, in Colorado for a while. But what? just want to kind of hear your thoughts on the, the news of the week in that.
2: Well, this has been what, you know, this has been our lives for a year. The Nolan Arenado thing is starting to remind me of when Carmelo Anthony made it clear to all of us in Denver, I'm not staying here long term. And I covered that pretty closely. The Bronco, or The Broncos, the Nuggets had that nice run in 2009. And then the next year, the fall of nine, you know, into 2010 is when Melo got his way out of here eventually and drugged Chauncey Billups with him. It was a hometown guy, so we were all frustrated by that. Um, the, the dumb thing about this is, is that it was Jeff, right. to put this opt out that Nolan has in his contract. And so yeah. that's, what's for, forcing the issue for those that don't know, because everybody says, why the heck would you trade the best player, frankly, on your team? And maybe in, you know, if not in the NL, he's up there for in the league. Uh, I know there's debate about some of the best third basemen out there, but if you watch Nolan Aaron, I don't know. There's no debate. Ever, no debate.
0: Hey, no debate. I'm sorry. The
2: side of the ball. He's ridiculous. Um, we, I can tell you this. If, if the Rockies were relevant and this is a Broncos town, I do a four hour talk show daily Monday through Friday, three hours and 45 minutes of that is spent towards the Broncos. That's just what this city is. Um, there is a love of baseball here. This city, and I was at, I was in high school when we we put on the dog and pony show for the major league executives to get them to give us a baseball team. I think they came here like two or three times as I was a kid before they finally granted us a team. Um, but it was funny because back then they were worried about the altitude, something that many people will tell you these have never figured out from a pitching standpoint. Um, the Nolan thing, like I'm so done with Jeff Breidich. Uh, I am so done. And you, you guys, you know what's so maddening about this is like the Rockies. So the Rockies get accused of their fan base of not spending any money. Yet they had like a top 10 payroll last year. It's just the, the idiot manager, Brightage, the idiot GM, Brightage um, decided he'd spend it all on a bunch of bullpen arms that weren't any good at Coors Field. Wade Davis was a great closer. And that's the scary thing about what you do here. You can bring in great pitchers from other clubs. Mike Hampton's proved it. Daryl piles proved it. Bill Swift proved it way back in the mid nineties Yeah, that just good somewhere else. You bring them here. You got no idea what's going to happen to the stuff they they rely on. Um, And so Wade Davis, just, he was good. The first year he was here, he just kind of lost it. They don't, you know, they just went this route of trying to have the super bowl pin so they can only get six innings out of the starter. That was a big mistake. Um, And so Nolan, what I admire about Nolan, the reason why a lot of us aren't mad at Nolan was when he signed that deal, he said, I'm holding them to the fire. I still don't want to be Todd Heldon. I don't want to be Troy Tulowitzki, where I don't play in any postseason baseball games, and we suck in September every year. Yeah. So who's going to hold their feet to the fire? And, and the dumb thing about this, guys, and we've had this confirmed by a couple people, all Nolan did to apparently piss off Montford, who I think is holding it against. I think Montford, one of the owners, Dick Montford, the, the primary, the most vocal, invisible owner, I think he's pissed off at Nolan for not just being grateful for earning a three hundred plus million dollar contract, dude. If you didn't pay him that, somebody was gonna. So don't. I hate this yeah. attitude. Like, no, just be grateful. You should be lucky he chose to stay here. And then he simply said to Breitich, not this past September, but the one a year ago in twenty nineteen, "What are you gonna do to make the team better?" And Breitich got all worked up about it. He simply was like, "Dude, I want to compete." I mean, who, what GM gets pissed off that you want to be good? So that tells you all you need to know. Jeff Breidich is this Harvard-educated punk, in my mind, that talks to you in this tone that – and, you know, this is nothing I haven't said on my show. I, the tone he speaks to the media in, like he's somehow dealing with family begging him for money, drives me insane. The fan base is as fractured as it will ever be. People want Breidich out of town like you wouldn't believe. I feel terrible for Bud Black because he is a good manager. Someone else the Rockies are lucky to have. And we're, we're, we're just messing with this clown show. And you watch. If Nolan goes, I and matter of fact, as you mentioned, it's not like we're not starting the trade talks or uh, other teams aren't. It's yeah. the Rockies trying to make this happen now. Trevor Story is going to be gone. Jonathan Gray is going to be gone anybody worth watching is going to be gone David Dahl they decided 2.5 million was too much for David Dahl that was
0: such up. a head scratcher
2: so you know what sucks for us guys Coorsfield because we live in a great climate if you haven't been here there's no humidity imagine San Diego we're like the our climate is like San Diego's but a little drier but there's no humidity uh, you may get some sunny nights where it's a little warmer but it is the perfect climate to watch a game in. And so we get a lot of of out-of-town fans because Coors Field's a great park. There's a bunch of breweries around town. Let's be honest, there's some dispensaries down there, which people come here for, too. If you're looking to make a summer road trip, we will always get 10,000 of the other team's fans in the building. So it's impossible for this fan base to really show the Montfords how angry they are with their wallets because you'll get five to ten fans that just want to go experience Coors Field on a summer night. So they always end up with at least 20,000. And, you know, most – there's a lot of – the Marlins aren't getting that. A bad Pirates or Reds team where the where the humidity is just suffocating, they're not getting that. So the Rockies are just giving this free check. And to make it even more insulting, next to Coors Field, where there used to be this nice big parking lot that was easy to just walk across to the home plate entrance, they've now built this gigantic luxury condominium center that dwarfs the park, and it's owned by the Montforts. And people are just – They're just done with it because it just feels like they're using this team to make themselves more money and not really putting it back in the team. So it's a mess. It's just a total mess.
1: I 100% agree. It's a shame that pitchers don't want to go there, obviously, because of the altitude and it's like a home run friendly ballpark. So you think more offensive players would want to go there. So hopefully they lock up Trevor's story in Nolan. I've heard rumors that the Dodgers were talking to him and a few other teams wanted Nolan. It's just a shame that these small market teams can't get like the Oakland A's. But like the NL West is probably one of the best divisions in baseball. The Dodgers, the, the Padres are good now. Like the Rockies are always in the conversation. They're always in the in the hunt there. It's just hopefully they can figure it out. Christian, what do you think?
0: Well, I, I will say this, and you know, I guess my question is if if you see Nolan traded, you're right, Trevor's gonna get traded and everybody else is gonna get traded. I mean, how much is the fan base willing to take or is the is the fan base just gonna give up on the team. You said it's a you said it's a Broncos town. By the way, if you're trading off pitchers, my Angels I think have one guy who knows how to throw a ball more than 70 miles an hour, so we are open to trades for pitching. But, you know, it, when it comes down to the fan base, at, at what point do the fans turn a, turn the shoulder to them?
2: I mean, they have they have. We like if we talk Rockies on our show, it's simply so people can just let us know how much they hate the Monforts. That's really all it, it Montfort hate will move the needle. Some, so, you know, when the Broncos are inevitably done in January and we're looking for something to do that, you know, by the time Wednesday or Thursday comes and, you know, it's just, again, this Bronco malaise that we have to deal with before the player movement starts happening and off-season acquisition stuff cranks up, we'll get into some good old-fashioned Montfort hate and everybody else tells us how they hate the club and they hate the Montfords and we hate Breitich and we hate this and hate that and da-da-da-da-da. The interesting part about this is when you look at how good the Dodgers and now the Padres are in that division, it's probably it probably isn't insane to trade some of the guys we're talking about if you get good young prospects. But the Absolutely. latest deal floated in the news this week that probably sparked your question was that one to the Mets where they're going to get like Robinson Cano or something, they're getting somebody that I think is suspended, they're going to take one of the Like it's not even a good package of minor leaguers. They've got the worst minor league system in the league. According to baseball America, they got nothing. They left. We brought this up on our show yesterday. They left Riley Pint, a former high school pitcher in 2016. That was the number four overall pick in the draft. They left him unprotected and nobody touched him. Nobody wanted a former number four overall pick as a pitcher. That's the Rockies to a T they can't, they, they suck so bad at this thing right now. And I got some friends that are former players, one of them being Jason Hirsch. He's told me about the, the how how brutal it is from – there's not a singular philosophy that runs up from single-A ball to your big league club. You know, guys will tell you they get messed with by different coaches at different levels. That's what Steinies development, you know, um, especially for the pitchers where guys are always being told this different grip or throw it this way or that way or change, you know. From what I've been told, hitting and pitching coaches are just, they like to fiddle with you. They want to fiddle with your mechanics or fiddle with your swing. It's how they keep their jobs. And the Rockies just have nobody that seems to agree on a way to do it. It's just so, they used to have Bob Gephardt. Then in 1999, they transferred over, uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name, um, the old general manager that they had that was before Breitich. God, he was formerly of the Indians. He was so hated here forever. Um and he's on MLB Network now. Anyway. Um,
0: oh, is it um, Dan Duquette?
2: Yeah, no, uh, Dan O'Dowd. Dan, Dan O'Dowd. O'Dowd. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Wrong wrong, wrong last name.
2: <laughs> oh, Dan, but right thinking. Yeah. But O'Dowd, so right, it's worked for O'Dow. So even though they've changed, they've had 21 years of basically the same philosophy, and it's gotten them like a couple of wild card appearances, which when you're one and done in a wild card, I don't count that. They got swept by the Brewers a couple of years ago. They had the magical run in 07, which was almost like Tim Tebow. You couldn't explain it. It just was happening. And then they had a nice season in 09. That's been it. That's been it. And yet you're, you're not, there's no movement towards switching out the GM. It's, it's ridiculous. It's frankly, it's soul crushing. Cause I don't know when they're going to be good.
1: Especially with the Dodgers and the Padres and the Giants in the conversation, like, I'm sure it'll be a competitive division. And as a Dodger fan, I'll happily accept Noah Arenado if you guys do not want him. He but I know you, Andy, you got to go soon. Um, the Denver Nuggets start up next week. I mean, Denver Nuggets is that the talk of the town at least right now? How good they were in the bubble, the NBA playoffs. I mean, the Nuggets got to be in the conversation.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know, Jonathan. We're trying to find something positive, right? The team, I think, the team I'm most excited about, frankly, is the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Now we'll have to find out got any goaltending, but they've got some. Really, really exciting young players, and I think the best player in hockey right now, Nathan McKinnon. I know some Connor McDavid people are going to look side-eye at me, but Nathan McKinnon is just unbelievable, and he harkens back to some of the guys I got to watch when the powerhouse avalanche teams were assembled. As for the Nuggets, um, and for those that missed it, I guess they agreed yesterday, so we're going to get a 51 or 52-game season they're going to get going January 13th, so we're excited about that. The Nuggets look good right now, but the Nuggets, like, here's my thing. The Nuggets look good in the bubble. They got to the Western Conference Finals, but this team is – Jeremy Grant sort of surprised everybody, one of the key kind of guys off the bench by going to Detroit. Now, I work with a a buddy of mine named Scott Hastings. Uh, He does color on there. He's a former Detroit Piston. He was a member of the Bad Boys. And uh, part of the Jordan rules, he's got some great stories of roughing up Michael Jordan back in the day. But he does our color, color analyst work for, uh, the nuggets broadcast. And he told me he thought Jeremy might leave to get a bigger role because he wanted to be a starter, not a support, you know, supporting cast member. They very much need a guy named MPJ, Michael Porter jr. He's kind of been like the drew Locke of the nuggets in our town. Um, he didn't play a lot last year. There was great fan base frustration with coach Malone, that that didn't happen. Um, if he can take a step forward and he's kind of had an interesting couple of warm-up games here that we've seen. And I just saw their second one last night. If MPJ's game and he's a tall, for those that don't know him, he's, I think he's around seven foot and he's got a great three point shot. So he's kind of a Dirk Nowitzki type. And, uh, but he had a back injury, I guess in Missouri, some thought he would have been the number one overall pick, but this, there were major health questions about the back injury. Um, and so now it's kind of coming into, you know, his time if he doesn't take a step forward and so far Scotty has not been overly impressed with the progress we've seen the nuggets not doing anything in the offseason could be a real issue you know the lakers got better the clippers are getting better the, the whole the, the western conference is just a gauntlet like it is every year and then you got to figure out what's going to happen with uh, you know drew holiday and and giannis out in milwaukee and drew holiday was someone that i a lot of the nuggets were in on the drew holiday thing and I think they should have pulled the trigger. My concern about the nuggets is Tim Connolly, their GM who's been very good at assembling this team is all about draft and develop, which is supposedly the way you're supposed to do it. I just think this would have been the year now that you've got Marie and Jokic, I would have tried to add a veteran key piece to make this thing interesting. Cause you know, I, you guys know how it is, man. It's the Lakers, right? Until LeBron is dead or, or retired. And I don't know what's going to happen first. Um, LeBron, whatever team LeBron's on, that's going to be the team you got to look at. And, And, you know, and now this year, the Clippers are going to be looking for it. And I would say this, fellas, from what we've learned, I don't know what you've heard out there. Very, very fascinating to hear how miserable guys were in the bubble. What made the Nuggets run so interesting was twice they had that elimination game. They had to go through six elimination games where they could have given up and just gone home and not dealt with bubble life anymore. And they found a way to mentally push through it. Whereas it sounded like the jazz and the Clippers just sort of tapped. They just were like, let's go home. This sucks. So I don't know. I don't know what fan, I don't know what fans, you know, they've they've scheduled things out to, I think the all-star break in March, and then they're going to see where they're at. If we don't have fans back and they're playing in these empty arenas, I don't know how this all turns, but if you do have fans back, I don't know if the Nuggets win those three. Like I don't know how much of what we saw in the bubble now carries over because there were no hostile environments you know, there was no travel to make you tired. It, it was all just very, very interesting. I hope someone does a 30-for-30 30 30 on that one day because we talked to a couple of the hockey players, too, that just were like, dude, we got high, played video games, and then went and played hockey. That was it. They hated it. I mean, we're all laughing now, but the guys that made the, the teams that made it deep into the playoffs, they, they just could not. It was Groundhog day. They wanted it out of there so bad. So it was, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens now if we can get back to normalcy in the spring.
1: I think the Nuggets definitely will have a – I think they will be a force we be reckoned with in the West. I mean, as a Laker fan, I was super excited to see a Laker Clipper Western Conference Finals, and the Nuggets obviously ruined that and got Doc Rivers fired and sent off to Philadelphia. But <laughs> you know what? Kudos to the Nuggets, though. I mean, Jokic is probably the best center in the game. Jamal Murray is awesome. Michael Porter Jr., a lot of these dudes have never even heard of because Denver doesn't get the spotlight, as you say. And I watched almost every game in the bubble because we were quarantined here at home, and so I got to watch every game, and that's a dang good team. And I, I, with the Lakers, I was like, man, these guys might beat us. And, I'm a, and obviously LeBron is going to be in L.A. for two more years. Anthony Davis just locked up a five-year and $190 million deal. So even when LeBron retires, Anthony Davis can take the reins. But the Nuggets are here to stay, I believe, as long as they keep Jokic.
2: Yeah, I think they'll be around. But, but, you know, Jonathan, at some point, let's go for it. You know what I mean? You know, you guys are lucky when it comes to the Dodgers and Lakers. You see the teams that are going for it, man. The, the Broncos, the Broncos, the Avs are going for it right now as best they can. But, again, I think they need to find a goaltender – the Broncos are what they are in this city because, really, when you get down to it, they're the team that goes out in the offseason and makes the moves. Look, is everything John Elway done worked out? Certainly not. Certainly not. But he tried to get Case Keenum to make it work, right? He tries to sign big free agents to make it work. He's made the coaching changes at times. He's not afraid to shuttle quarterbacks. He goes for it every year, you know. The Nuggets and Avs went through, like this. Like I said, this draft and develop process but it's go for it time. And I just, you know, if they don't do something like, I'm going to, I'm going to let's wait and see what happens with this first part of the year. Cause I agree with you. They'll be in the top four, Jonathan, but what, I don't know if they get back to the Western conference finals. You know what I mean? So they're already set up to probably take a natural step back. So if you don't do anything at the deadline, I mean, at some point, give me, give me the, we're all in move. You know what I mean? We've been watching this roster group with a couple of rookie additions and subtractions here and there. We've been watching them for three or four years now. So let's go all in. Go, go, Wakers for me. Give me, give me something sexy, Jonathan.
1: I'm not happy
2: just getting to the Western Conference finals watching you move on. It's not what I'm here for. (laughs) Of course you like what we've done. You want to be able to sweep them out again in the Western Conference.
1: As a Laker fan, absolutely, 100%. Denver's a great town. I've only been to the Denver airport, but I've always wanted to go to Coors Field. (laughs) I've always wanted to go to a game at Mile High. And, I mean, John Elway did get Peyton Manning, and he did win one Super Bowl and had two Super Bowl appearances. So, John Elway already solidified his role as a GM there, just with the Super Bowl victory. So, I mean. Well, the fan base
2: wants him fired, just so you know.
1: Well, who, with, I think you should take over the reins because no one knows more about Denver sports than you. Like you should take over. You should be the next GM yeah. for the Rockies. You have my vote.
2: I'll tell you this. I, I like, you know, when you've worked in the sports media, like you guys have, you know how hard these jobs really are. I do think I could do better than whatever the hell the Rockies think they're doing. Jeff, Bright I don't know, you know, glad you went to Harvard. Why don't you go find yourself a data processing job or whatever you do with that Harvard degree. I don't know what you're doing over there.
1: Well, ever since like the Billy Bean and the Theo Epsteins of the Cubs, like I feel like every baseball team's just trying to copy that now. Oh, oh, we just got to get a a smart money ball, smart guy to run our team. Like they don't have baseball people running the show. They have numbers and money analysts running the team because they're just trying to copy off the success of the, the Cubs. So I feel like everyone's just trying to, before that, everyone was just copying the New York Yankees. Let's just go buy all the best bats and we'll buy a world series. And obviously, the Yankees haven't won since 2009, so that's obviously not working. The Tampa Bay Rays, who had one of the lowest payrolls in baseball, made it to the World Series and made it a series with the Dodgers, who had one of the highest payrolls in baseball. And we barely snuck out with a Game 6 victory. So it's not all about payroll anymore.
2: You guys all have identity. Everybody you just mentioned there, they have an identity. Why why don't the Steelers ever go away? I had a guy tell me this once. The Steelers don't go away because they know who they are. You know, and they know what they like. They know the linebacker they like. They know the player that they're looking for. They know what they want in the first round of every draft. They know who works for them. You know, the Broncos had that identity. Like, what's been driving me nuts about the Broncos, they've gone from the West Coast offense, which has won them all their Super Bowls, which is what they had a year ago to Rich Scangarello, to they keep going back to these guys. and one of them, They want to run three wide And the offensive line. It's probably developed now that it can handle three wide a little bit better. But for the most part, the Broncos – identity needs to be the West coast team with a good three, four defense, the nuggets. I don't know if the nuggets have really had an identity again with the Lakers. I don't, I don't know how easy it is to have an identity in the NBA anymore. Frankly, it's your best player and whoever the supporting cast is right. Um, if it's the Rockets, it's whatever Rich Harden wants. You better not upset him. Um, which well, gets
1: traded to Philadelphia.
2: Do. Right. So, uh, and then you talk about the Rays, the Rays know what they are. They know their ballpark. They know that how they want to play. The Rockies don't know. Like, ultimately, where I feel for anybody that takes over the Rockies job is they probably should go back to the Blake Street Bomber days like you talked about. But when, you know, the the super offense doesn't, unless you're Houston and you're getting trash cans banged for you, you know, the super offense doesn't always get it done. You've got to have pitching at some point. In any sport, you've got to have defense. And I don't know how you get defense here, you know. Um, I can tell you this. When it gets hot and dry in July and June here and the ball's flying out of the park like a softball game, that's when those bats would kill you, but you better have a pitching plan come September. I don't know, fellas. It's uh it's an interesting time in Denver sports. We just, nobody out in LA probably cares about this. We just lost our lacrosse team out of nowhere. They did like this. And I, I work games for those. I used to do TV. All of a sudden the Denver outlaws who's won three or four of the championships in this league just disappeared because the PLL bought it. It's a weird time, man. I, you know, and, and I don't know about you guys, How have you guys handled the quarantine sports? Like I told you, I did the buff games. I was at two buff games where literally nobody was in the stands. I did the UCLA game first part of the year, our very first game of the year, early November. They at least allowed 950 people in the building. And half of those were some of the UCLA parents basically. And the last two, I did the game against San Diego state. And then this last game against Utah, literally nobody in this. It was the creepiest thing ever to see the empty suites, and no lights on, and like nobody around. It just felt post apocalyptic. And seeing some of the basketball games, man, that's just been strange. You know, I don't know how you guys have felt about it. I don't know what it'll be like there. It's just, it's just so odd. And then your guys, USC, lose to Oregon last night. What's don't even going get me on?
1: started. I was yeah. watching that game. <laughs> yeah. Don't even get me started. But hey, Florida Gators are playing the Alabama Crimson Tide in the SEC championship today. But California, man, like we have us on hard lockdown. The 49ers can't even play in their own stadium with no fans because Santa Clara County shut everything down, and said no contact sports. So now the 49ers are playing the rest of their home games so for the rest of the season in Glendale, Arizona, where the Cardinals play. Like, the, like we have this beautiful new SoFi Stadium where the Rams and Chargers play. No fans like at all. And they're shutting down high school sports, I think, till the spring. And it's just really hard, like, having no fans. I'm happy that we have sports. I'm so grateful during this pandemic. Like, I missed sports so much. I didn't realize how much I loved sports until they were gone. So I, I'll let Christian add on to this. But the fact that we no fans at all, like, Staples Center is going to be empty with the Lakers and Clippers. Like, in here, the Dodgers has won the World Series, and we couldn't even have a World Series game. In our own stadium that was empty, which I wish it would have been, because at least I could have sat in the parking lot and watched it on my phone or something. It's just it stinks, but I'm happy. I'm, I'm grateful and blessed that we have sports. It just stinks that we can't attend any of these games, even in limited capacities, like some of the other states are doing. So it's a blessing and a curse. What do you well, think, Christian? Well,
0: I'll tell you right now, Jonathan, count it as a blessing that there weren't games at Dodger Stadium uh, because you seem to not be able to win those. But anyway, hey. um, I think I think Andy and I can agree as. I guess people who work in and are fans of teams that hate the Dodgers. The only silver lining out of all of this is that I haven't had to watch a friggin Dodgers world series parade on MLB network or anything. I never want to see me it. A break. I, I mean, I mean, I, it's just, it's great to not have to deal with that.
1: Christian's <laughs> and angels guy. I'm a Dodgers guy.
2: Are you guys going to do like dual parades when it's all done? Oh well, we yeah, should. that's right.
1: Right. Like I think they had a virtual parade, whatever that is.
2: Yeah, that's, that's about as fun as uh, virtual sports.
1: I yep. think.
2: So, man. Seriously. I don't know what we're doing at the virtual parade, but. Just the most exciting
1: sporting event in the pandemic was having pro athletes play each other in Madden. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the the extent of the excitement.
2: What about the, did you guys watch Tiger King? We all watched Tiger <laughs> King. Of course I did. <laughs> It was funny because we had on, we had on Tim Connolly, the GM of the Nuggets, and, and Gabe Landiscock, one of the star players of the Avs. Yeah. And they were told to do it too. And when I asked Connolly, because I was like, man, i got to be honest with you. I've traveled a bit, but I didn't know places like Tiger King existed. I guess I missed <laughs> those parts of the country. And Tim Connolly was like, oh, you have no idea. He's, he said, some of the places I've gone to scout players, you don't even want to know. He's like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna fly in, I'm gonna fly out, I'm not gonna leave any of the main streets. So, who knew?
1: Who knew? Well, Andy, I know you. If please, I know we've been, we've kept you way too long. So, if you need to go, please just give us a middle finger and leave. Like, I apologize I? if you need to. You get can going. give us we any other fingers, fingers too. Great <laughs> stuff.
2: So probably ought to wrap it up, but uh, we can do it again in January when we have weird playoffs. How about that?
1: <laughs> well, let's do it. We can talk about top,
2: the. Not the boss of me, my wife is. So yeah
1: oh i'm my wife's definitely the boss of me too i have to ask permission to do my show when i could do my show so i'm 100 percent with that oh my gosh
0: how to find yourself in the
1: doghouse on a podcast hey you're an engaged rushing. man christian you're gonna be that way soon you're yeah. gonna to have to ask sarah when you can do the show
2: <laughs> yeah three years take advantage of the first three years live it up
1: <laughs> i'm going on four now oh but andy gosh. thank you so much for joining us dude i you've been a blast like i love every everything you brought was incredible thank you so much for joining us guys that was andy lindhall the 92.5 fm altitude sports radio he's mr bronco he's mr colorado buffalo he's mr avalanche he's mr nugget and he's mr rocky and you think he's gone but yeah, he's gone even... <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much to andy for joining us yeah, oh, that, was, my goodness. that
0: was absolutely awesome. Jonathan, I, I will give you 100 percent credit. You did the talent booking today, and that was amazing. And gosh, we got to talk trash talk a specific region, basically. I mean, he had he had trash to talk on the Rockies, the Broncos, the Nuggets. I mean, goodness gracious, that that was awesome.
1: Absolutely. Andy is a really cool dude. I remember he used to come on our show at NFL. and am back to my NFL network days. He'd cover the Broncos for us. And he always brought great sound bites. Him and I became good Twitter friends and we just kept in touch. And he's a really cool. He's also a big punk rock dude. He loves Blink-182 like me. He loves less than Jake. He loves all the Green Day punk rock bands. So him and I have kept in touch through social media just with our love of sports and punk rock. But he's a really, really cool dude. He gave us some really good sound bites there. He really did, and uh, one of the one of my
0: favorite things as we kind of transition to the rest of our show that he talked about was the fact that the Trojans lost to the Ducks last night. I mean, uh, Jonathan, what a joke.
1: Oregon wasn't even supposed to be in the game. It was supposed yep. to be Washington Huskies versus the Trojans, and then USC, they were ranked number 15 in the country. They only played like, what, five, six games, but Oregon looked really good last yep. night, and Obviously I'm a Florida Gator fan because I attend the University of Florida online for my master's degree so I'm oh, suddenly a huge Florida Gator fan. I was a huge Tim Tebow fan growing up as well so I am hopefully we can beat Alabama today but Pac 12 like I don't know what's going on with college sports man like we might not even have I think Northwesterns playing Ohio State for the Big 10 championship today. Uh ACC championship you have Notre Dame versus Clemson. Go Notre Dame just because I'm tired of Clemson. But I know you hate college Sports, well, so. I,
0: I, I'll I tell you, a college sport I love is college basketball. I haven't really gotten into it lately um, just because, you know, March is my time to watch college basketball, just like everybody. But, you know, just seeing everything and seeing how some of the coaches, including some of the big coaches, are coming out and saying, why are we even doing this? I mean, I'm worried we're not going to have a March Madness two years in a row at this point. And so I'm hoping
1: that they should know, just do a bubble like the NBA did. Yeah, like, let, you the, can't kid, like, let college, the students though. just teach virtually like online i know it's, it's up to the players obviously but the ncaa lost so much money it's all about all because of money the yeah. only reason why we even have a college football season right now is because the money that yeah. goes to universities it's the only reason why we have it
0: yeah i, I agree and yeah i don't know i just i don't want to see a bubble for college i i hated seeing bubbles for professional athletes the last thing i want to do is see yeah, I mean, and then I know college students have been kind of bubbled, right? Some college students haven't been allowed to leave campus. Well, I don't know if you heard the news.
1: UC, UCLA football team, they opted out. Of, like, I think they're bowl eligible, but they opted out of playing in a bowl. They play Stanford today, but they're opting out because the players are tired of living in the bubble on campus. Yeah. they've All these college athletes have been in a bubble on their campuses since June. They haven't gone and seen their families or their friends. They're well, like and living it's... and breathing just football. And so they opted out of a bowl game just because, like, you know what, I'm, I just want to go see my family. I'm tired of well, it and this gets down to the, the more,
0: you know, important issue of these, these players, health and safety. Um, sure. We, we all want to be safe from the virus, right? I I completely get that. But at the same time, you know, you can kind of go stir crazy if you're stuck in one place. Uh, trust me, I know. So it is, it is a, it's a tough thing to do, but you know, I also sitting here going, OK, they're they're looking at canceling the Olympics again. They're looking at trying to push the Olympics off again. You know, OK, if this vaccine's here and if it's working, why the heck can't we try to start getting back to normal? And I granted, I understand that not everyone on the planet has it. But at some point we need to start pushing back to normal. And, you know, that's that's all I'll get into that on that. But I'm getting sick of this and I want I want sports to go back to normal and I want the world to get
1: back to normal. I 100% agree with you. I think what we should do, at least until everybody or enough people get the vaccine for herd immunity, we should just keep social distancing in place, keep the masks on. Like, I love what University of Florida, I watch the Florida games every Saturday. They like they have a lot of people at their games, but I noticed they social distance. They have certain seat things where you can only sit with your immediate family or group, and everybody has to wear masks. Like, just do something like that. You only allow a certain amount of people That's what they should do. Is just have reservation. And to be honest, I would be, I would happily take a COVID test if I can go to a sporting event. Like you have to show proof of a negative test within the last like seventy two or forty eight hours. I will happily go take a test if I can go to a baseball game or or a football game. I don't know about you, but. Just, Dude, just so I can go to a game, I would do it.
0: I gotta, I already gotta pay out the
1: behind. Now I gotta pay for a freaking COVID test to go to. That, absolutely not. But well, sporting events th- are luxuries. You don't have to go to one, but the or if you want to travel, like to go to Hawaii, you have to have a negative COVID test within the last like forty eight hours. So it's like yeah, it's uh-uh. up to you. But I would rather just do it, and I can go somewhat live normally.
0: Yeah, normally, normally would be a good thing. Getting back to normal, Jonathan. We, we talk about all sports on this podcast, and, you know, the the Angels have been making some moves. The Dodgers have been making some moves. But the big one still left out in the waiting. Trevor Bauer has still not signed with a team. Granted, the winter meetings didn't really happen, but they did on Zoom, and it's over. Uh, but I guess my question to you is, how long do you think it takes for Trevor Bauer to sign with someone? Do you think he's just going to enjoy teasing every single fan base on social media until spring training, or do you think it might happen before
1: that? <laughs> well, I sure hope it happens before spring training. That way you kind of get to know your manager and your, your teammates. I, as a Dodger fan, would love to have him on the Dodgers, but I don't know if the Dodgers necessarily need Trevor Bauer. Nope. I think Trevor Bauer would need the Dodgers more than the Dodgers need Trevor Bauer but I would love to see Trevor Bauer go to your angels. Cause like, I like the angels or my American league team. I'd love to see him be like the ACE of the angels. And he could be the guy for the pitching staff there. Yeah. Like Mike Trout's the position. He, it's Mike Trout's team, but Trevor Bauer could be the face of the pitching. Not only I would, would he be see,
0: the, the ACE of the pitching staff,
1: he'd be the only one on the team who knows how to pitch. So, <laughs> but the angels, I think the cut, the, the California weather would be great. I've also heard rumors. He might be interested in going to the San Diego Padres. I mean, that's a pitcher's ballpark. I mean, him with Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis. Imagine Bauer, like the Padres would finally go neck and neck with the Dodgers at that point. In in my opinion.
0: Well, yeah. And uh, I've also heard the Mets are the, are an option and he's boy, he's teased the Mets on, on social media too. So I mean, good on him for having his fun, but boy, is it pissing all of us sports fans off? You know, I mean, don't, don't give me a good morning, angels fans. How are you kind of tweet? And then, As of this morning or yesterday or something, he tweets out a picture of him in a Dodgers uniform saying, what do you think of Dodger blue? Like, come on, man, stop, stop playing with my emotions. So you think it's up to him where he decides to go? Or do you think the team, there actually has to be teams that are interested in him. I think there's plenty of teams that are interested in him. The question is the money, right? And, and like you said, the Dodgers have the money, you know, he might need the Dodgers more than the Dodgers need him. They have the money. The Angels have money. The the Mets apparently have money. I didn't think the Mets were gonna be relevant for another fifty. Well, they've a new years. billionaire owner. Well, yeah, but I still didn't think they'd be relevant, but I'm still waiting for the Noah Syndergaard trade to Anaheim at some point. Um, but the uh, you know the you know and Bauer's been hey use the hashtag Bauer to Anaheim to blah blah blah. You know, he's he's having fun with it, but there's plenty more stuff to do this off season. I am surprised that the Angels went and traded for a shortstop instead of signing one of the big second baseman or shortstops, but that's a way of them saving money to try to put into the pitching staff. So so is Simmons done that. then? Simmons. Iglesias, Simmons is so. gone. Yeah, Simmons is gone. I expect Simmons to go to Toronto or Oakland. Oakland's my um, my sleeper team on that one. But here's the thing: Simmons is great defensively. He can't hit consistently. Some some weeks he's great. Some weeks he's just batting under 200. It feels like so. It it's tough. It's tough. But I will say Simmons was one of the best short stops defensively I've ever seen in my life. Still is. I mean, he goes, and, he goes and catches fly balls in left field and and looks pretty cool doing it. So, you know, thanks to Andrelton Simmons for everything he did for the Angels. But yeah, the Angels are moving on and looking to put money somewhere else.
1: I trust Joe man's process. I mean, Simmons, I don't think could stay healthy. But one thing I wanted to ask you about while we're still on baseball is that Major League Baseball said that the National League pitchers will hit again. There's not going to be a universal DH anymore. Are you excited about that?
0: Absolutely not. No, that's the stupidest move. I'm sorry, you know, you know. Do, do you remember the old uh, commercial? You may not even remember it. It was the Braves, um, it, the Braves did. It was a Nike commercial, I think. Or I remember. Or, I know which
1: one you're talking. I'm older than you.
0: Where 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 the guys were like, you know, the the pitchers were like, hey, we got a three Cy Young win, Award winners over here, or whatever. Go back with John Smoltz. Yeah, with Smoltz and everybody, and then it was like, yeah, but chicks dig the long ball, and and sure enough, you know, all of a sudden one of them was swinging the bat, and you know, the girls were going crazy. You know, it is what it is. I understand the the strategy liking behind it. But at the same time, I do think offense puts butts in seats and
1: uh, I don't know, but it, it, it's always was, I was going to say part of me was kind of hoping for the universal DH to stay because I think it elongates guys careers like the Albert Pool in the world and the Nelson Cruises. It kind of gives them more teams to go to it basically creates another roster spot and do pitchers really like hitting other than Madison Bumgarner, maybe Bartolo Colon or a few other dudes do pitchers really enjoy pitching or I mean, excuse me, hitting. Well, and that's the thing is
0: you've got guys like Bumgarner who love it. Right. But beyond him, like Jared Weaver, remember Jared Weaver with the angels. And of course, then he ended his career with the Padres, which was probably the most depressing thing to ever see happen was him pitch for anybody besides the angels. But, um, his his technique when he would go to the batter's box was stand there and take pitchers. He didn't care if he struck out, he didn't want to hurt himself. And I feel and, that's
1: like a lot of pitchers mantra when they're at the plate.
0: Exactly. And I don't want to see that. I want to see a guy going up and swinging. I don't like watching people bunt. I get it for I get it for strategic reasons, but that's great when you've got Sean Figgins sitting there at third and you know he's trying to score, but when there's a guy on first, stop bunting him over. Hit a base hit. And so get the pitchers out of the batter's box. Keep them on the mound. That's my
1: thought. I agree. I think offensively, if chicks do dig the long ball, Major League Baseball should have definitely stuck with the DH. I mean, the Dodgers' offense is awesome, but imagine they got to put a DH in there every single game. Like, the National League scoring is going to go through the roof. And that way, American League pitchers don't need to favorite going to American League teams because, like, oh, well, I don't really want to hit, so I'm just going to go to the American League team. Speaking of the so- long
0: ball, Jonathan – I was expecting Baker Mayfield to throw a long ball this past week, and then instead of that, the Cleveland Browns had to have been the biggest joke in trying to do that whole lateral pass, lateral pass for back, ending up with a safety. Like, come on, what a joke! That was that a was. damn good
1: game. That Monday it was. Lamar, it was a great game. The, and Lamar Jackson, I thought was hurt, and then had to go into the locker room. And something he just had to poop. Yeah, And if I'm Harbaugh, like Harbaugh looked so mad on the sideline. I was like, oh man, he's so mad that he lost his quarterback to an injury. He knew he's like, man, I'm losing my quarterback. We're down. We're losing in the game because my quarterback had to go take a dump. Yeah. And then of course he comes back out and makes an incredible fourth and fourth and long play to Marquise Hollywood Brown to the end, to the end zone. That was incredible. Like the Browns had that game in the bag. And as soon as the Ravens backup quarterback went in, I was like, okay, it's over. Browns are going to win. But obviously I was wrong. But man, what a good game,
0: you know, and, and I will say this, another game that I didn't expect to be good was our Thursday night game, the chargers and Raiders. I expected the Raiders to, to blow it out. Right. And, and gosh, I'll tell you every time I watch a game in or in Oakland, geez, in Las Vegas, I get more and more excited. Did you see the
1: Oakland hat that I was wearing?
0: I I did see that, but that was so funny. Every single time I see a game played there on TV, I want to go to the Death Star. I want to go to Allegiant so bad. But, you know, I expected it to not be a great game, and good night. That was a that was a very good game. A lot of mistakes in that game. But, you know, it boiled down to overtime, baby. Well, this is
1: typical Chargers football. Basically, yep. they are terrible when it matters, and then when the games finally don't matter and they're eliminated from the playoffs, suddenly they play really good and they win games. Yeah. Like, that's the Chargers mantra for the last like 15 years. So Justin Herbert is a really good quarterback. And I think he's here to stay. It's sad how bad the chargers are with how good of a team they had, have. have Austin Eckler, uh, Keenan Allen, like Joey Bosa on defense. Like they got a good team. Like their defense isn't that great, except for a few dudes, but the offense, they have a really good team. So if they, well, who knows if Anthony Lynn gets fired, like there's so many games they should have won and could have won. Like how many one score games they lost is ridiculous, but the Raiders, they need to figure it out. And I don't know if Derek Carr is their quarterback next year. I love John Gruden as a coach, but they need to figure it out. And I think the Raiders might be eliminated. Like, mathematically, they're still in it, but the Chargers knocking them out. It was definitely a knockout blow.
0: Well, I, I will say this, and I saw a thing on Sports Illustrated posted it and said, you know, is John Gruden, how would you grade John, John Gruden through his first four years with Oakland? And I'm sitting here going, he hasn't had the all-star team to, to judge him poorly. I mean, let's be honest. At the beginning, it was awful, right? And it was a, Gruden needs to come and redo this. Then you had the Antonio Brown bull crap that happened. You know, you're expecting to have this great wide receiver.
1: Guy never shows up. Like, you know. It, well, Gruden, his first move in there, he traded away Khalil Mack.
0: Yeah. And well, him. Yeah, and, and sure. But at that, at that point, it was the, we are restarting. We are trying to figure this out. I think he's been doing good. I think that if you get better talent in there, I mean. I don't know if Derek Carr is your starter anymore. I mean, especially after this week, I don't know why Derek Carr is even a a thought
1: to be the starter. Marcus Mariota looked really good. He I was mean, great. I think we all forgot about Marcus Mariota. He played yep. really well. Yep, he but played very well. You also got to remember the Raiders and the Chargers. They're also in the same division as the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's it's true. They're divi- their five years running uh, AFC West champs. Yeah. So as long as Patrick Mahomes is there, it's their division's going to run through Kansas City. You know, you said you would have picked uh, – you texted me and said you were
0: picking the Raiders, um, and I never responded, but I would have picked the Raiders too, so I guess we both lost out. I never sent you that text. Yes, you did.
1: I picked. Man, I told you that I knew the Chargers were going to win just because the games don't matter. I know the Chargers so well. I used to go to Charger games when they were in San Diego all the time. It's whenever they were eliminated and the games didn't matter, they suddenly play well. And when the game did matter, they never played well. But anyway, Christian, I think we should dive into our NFL picks. What do you think? We, we should absolutely do that. The show's gone running kind of long. Huge thank you again to Andy Lindhall. That oh, my great, gosh. He was so good. Uh, I, I wanted to get him on the football picks, too, but he had to go. But
2: Andy, oh, thank you again so for joining good.
1: us. So let's drive right into his favorite Denver Broncos playing today. Today is Saturday. What's today? The 19th? 18th? 19th. Eight, 19th. Today is Sunday, December 19th, 2020. We Saturday. We have the Buffalo Bills <laughs> travel. I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> uh, so we have the Buffalo Bills traveling today at 1.30 to Denver mile high to play the five and eight Denver Broncos versus the 10 and three Buffalo bills. Christian, who wins this game?
0: I'm with you. And what you, what you said with Andy in that, the, the fact that it's just a six point favorite is ridiculous or six and a half or whatever. That's ridiculous. Five and a,
1: the, half. Five and a half. The bills are going to blow this thing out. In my opinion, Denver's defense. Vic Vangio is a great coach. He was a great defensive coordinator when he was at the 49ers back when they had Colin Kaepernick and they in the Super Bowl in 2012, he's a great defensive coordinator Navarro Bowman. And Patrick Willis, he had a great team there with the Niners. So I, I really miss him as a defensive coordinator, but I like the Buffalo Bills as well. I think it'll be a close game just because it's mile high. It's going to be cold. I'm assuming it's going to be cold. It's in Denver, Colorado, but I think it'll be a close game. But Buffalo's used to the cold, but Buffalo will sneak it out. I'm, I'm looking
0: up as we, uh, as we talk on air. Uh, currently the Denver weather, oh boy boy Uh, the high today is 44 so
1: it's that sounds like a typical normal day yeah it's cold for me that's 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 not overly for Californians that's very cold but for Denver that's probably a summer heat wave good winter time that is that is freaking cold (laughs) so our our afternoon game or evening game for today for Saturday is the Carolina Panthers who are four and nine are going to face Green Bay in Lambeau against the 10 and three Aaron Rodgers and the Packers Christian who wins this game?
0: You know, I think you just uh misstepped right now when you called it a game cuz it's not going
1: to be a game. Um, I it, mean it's going to be
0: brutal. The Packers are going to destroy him.
1: I think the fact that McCaffrey's not playing hurts the Panthers immensely, but Teddy Bridgewater, he's done some good things. I think the, the Panthers will score. I'm going to say Packers win by 10.
0: I'm going to say by I'm going to
1: say Packers win by 20. Panthers aren't that bad. Yeah, they are. All right, so now we go into the Sunday Night Game or the Sunday Games, excuse me. We have the 5 and 8 San Francisco 49ers who are living in Arizona during this pandemic to play the 4 and 9 Dallas Cowboys, two underachieving teams plagued with injuries. Christian, who wins this game?
0: Let's go Niners, baby. Screw the Cowboys. Niners are winning this game. I actually I actually think the Niners will win despite my hate for the Cowboys, but I'm going Niners.
1: I'm going to take the Niners as well, because one, my love for the 49ers, they still somewhat have a slight minuscule 1% chance to make the playoffs. I don't think they will, but the ni- I'm going to take the Niners on the road. All right, our next game, we have the 9-4 and four, Seattle Seahawks traveling to play the Washington football team at FedEx Field, who are 6-7. and seven. Christian, who wins this game?
0: Another game that's not going to be a game. I mean, I mean, Washington's been great, right? It's been fun to watch, and you know, the, with all the controversy, with the name change and everything. Oh man, they're getting wins. They're not going to beat the Seahawks.
1: Like, who, like, who are we? Kidding? Them and the Giants are tied for first place for the NFC
0: East. Yeah, I could be tied for first place for the NFC East if I was eligible. So don't even, don't
1: even get me started on that. Go Eagles. So this <laughs> next game probably could be a pick'em game. If you're in Vegas, you have the six and seven Chicago bears traveling to Minnesota to play the six and seven Minnesota Vikings. The The Minnesota
0: Vikings are going to get a W. I think the bears have been, I thought the bears were going to be better than they are right now. Um, they've had
1: some odd losses this year, so I'm going Vikings. I'm gonna go Vikings as well, just because they're the home team. I think the Vikings are slowly f- figuring it out, and I just think the Vikings are a slightly better team. Are we gonna pick? Are we gonna pick the exact same the entire time? Well, we'll know. find out. My goodness, this next one could be in a very intriguing game for playoff matchups. You have the six and seven New England Patriots. I can't believe I've said that. The six and seven New England Patriots traveling to Miami to Hard Rock Stadium to play the eight and five Miami Dolphins. Christian, who wins this game?
0: How does nine and five Miami Dolphins sound? I'm, I'm taking I think the Dolphins in I this think,
1: one. I think we're both going to agree on that one as well. I'm going to take yep. the Dolphins because the the game means a lot more to the Dolphins than it does the Patriots at this point. And I think the Dolphins' defense is playing very well. Yeah. All right, our next game, we have the 1-12 Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Baltimore bank MNT stadium to play the Ravens who are eight and five. The Ravens really need to win this game. If they want to make the playoffs, who wins this game? Christian. I I was
0: going to say, if the Ravens lose this game, they just need to quit the rest of the season. The Ravens are going to win this.
1: Another game could be an intriguing matchup uh, as opposed to their records. You have the eight and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Atlanta to play the Falcons who are four and nine. Christian, who wins this game?
0: This might be where we switch off or be different, I am going Falcons in this one. I think I think that there is um, – I think the Buccaneers have been, you know, weird, and I think the Falcons are better than they started because it's pretty hard to be worse well, than – they fired they their start. coach. It's pretty hard to be
1: worse than how they started. I'm going Falcons in this one. I know Ronald Jones is hurt for the Buccaneers, but Tom Brady, he just has too many weapons. This game means a lot more to the Bucs. The Falcons are just playing for spoiler. The Falcons got eliminated, so they're just kind of going to spoil the Buccaneers' hopes. I'm going to take Tom Brady with Antonio Brown, with Mike Evans, with Chris Godwin, and Leonard Fournette. I'm taking the Bucks to beat the Falcons. Thank God we, we have one thing that's different. Anyway, go ahead. Next one, we have the 5-8 and eight Detroit Lions. with They're now coachless. Matt Patricia got fired. The day after Thanksgiving. So I guess he's going to be, he's unemployed like you and me looking for jobs. So, and then they're going to play the nine and four Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. Christian, who wins this game?
0: Yeah, Titans have this game. Yeah, I, I, I have been reluctant to pick the Titans this year, but I, the Lions are just in, they're just banged up. They're, they're just not in good
1: shape. And the Titans are going to win this game. They looked absolutely awful on Thanksgiving. Like, the lions man i think that's what got matt patricia fired and the gm got fired too so i'm taking the titans as well i think the titans are figuring it out they're going to try to solidify and they're because it's going to be a neck and neck horse race for the afc south our next game which leads to the next game we have the four and nine houston texans who just got eliminated last week against the nine and four indianapolis colts with philip rivers
0: christian who wins this game for the first time possibly this season i'm taking the colts to win it football game um the the Texans are awful and you know like you said they got knocked out I think the Colts I don't know Philip Rivers might have found his change of scenery and figured things out so going Colts
1: I'm gonna go Colts as well just because the Texans are bad they just got eliminated so they're not really playing for much right now other than spoiler I'm gonna take the Colts at home at the dome at Lucas Oil Stadium our next game has huge playoff implications You have the four, eight, and one Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Glendale, Arizona to play the Arizona Cardinals who are seven and six. This is a must win for both teams. Christian, who wins this game?
0: I'd love to sit here and say the Eagles because I do have an affinity for Philadelphia, but it's the Cardinals winning this game at home at their home stadium,
1: not the Niners home stadium. They're sharing a stadium, but how about Jalen Hurts knocking off the New Orleans Saints last week? No one gave Jalen Hurts and the Eagles a shot in hell in it's beating the Saints, and they did. So I think I'm taking the Eagles just because they're figuring it out. I think they got a huge confidence booster. Like the Cardinals played the Giants last week, weren't very good. I think the Eagles are better than the Giants. I'm taking the Eagles to win a close one. All right. There you go. Arizona. Our next one we have our beloved LA Rams staying at home to an empty SoFi stadium. To play the winless zero thirteen New York Jets. Do I even need to ask Christian who wins this game? They better not lose.
0: <laughs> they better not lose. I'm going Rams. Oh man, if we lose this game, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think McVay's... the Seahawks
1: just put a forty burger at MetLife last week to the Jets. Yeah, the Jets couldn't even score a touchdown. Forty to three. Yeah, I know.
0: I just. Oh, we better not lose. This is the kind of thing that, like, the Rams have been good, but they've also been bad this year. This is one of those games that could just be that, dear God, why were we even here all season? So I'm I'm hoping the Rams Rams. need to –
1: if they want to solidify, hopefully their chance to win the NFC West, they obviously need to win this game. They cannot look past the Jets. Like, they're still an NFL franchise. They're still hungry for a win. They're professionals, so hopefully the Rams take care of business. I see the Rams win by 17. Yeah, I I hope so. I hope it's more than that. (laughs) I hope so too. So this is a really good game. I kind of wish they would flex this to the Sunday night game, just because Drew Brees. They just announced this week Drew Brees is back from all those broken ribs. So Drew Brees is going to be the starter for the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome in New Orleans versus Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Granted, I'm sick and tired of watching the Chiefs every freaking primetime game, but I think that would have been a good matchup: Chiefs and Saints. Could be a possible Super Bowl matchup. Christian, do you like the Saints or the Chiefs?
0: Okay, first off, my question: How do ribs heal that quickly? But other thing, I mean, dear Lord, he's going to get hit in the chest tomorrow, right? Like, how is, I just, boy, he better have some Advil in him already. Uh, I'm going. Have those rib protectors on him. Uh, no pads. kidding, man. Uh, I still, I mean, like, you still feel it. It's like a catcher, right? When a catcher in baseball gets, you know, a foul ball to the mask. Oh, it hit him in the mask. He's still got a headache afterwards. Like, I don't know. I'm going. See, this one's tough. I think because. The Saints lost last week. This makes it a lot easier of a decision. I think the Chiefs win this. I I would have liked to have seen this game be close, but I geez. Patrick Mahomes can do no wrong. He's gonna win another Super Bowl this year. I'm going Chiefs on this one.
1: I'm going to say the Saints go marching in and they win by a field goal as time. I think it'll be a shootout. I think it'll be a good, close game. I think Patrick Mahomes will have a great game. I think Drew Brees will want to prove some people wrong and have a good game. Hopefully he stays healthy out there. I'm going to the Saints winning by three or less. Ooh, yes. Give me a close game. I love it. I think that should have been one of the primetime games, but this this could be an interesting game. So the Sunday night game, they flexed it a few weeks ago. You have the Cleveland Browns who are nine and four, going to play the New York football giants at MetLife Stadium, who are five and eight. Christian, who wins this game?
0: Boy, Cleveland needs a win here, right? Like, geez. Um I'm I'm going Cleveland, but I don't think it's gonna be as much of a blowout as I expected it to be a couple of weeks ago. I think I don't know. I think
1: it's going to be a close game, but I think clearly. the Giants are playing well. Their defense is very yeah. good. Yeah, they, I they've, they've been I think, a lot better. I think the Browns win this one as well. I think the fact that Daniel Jones isn't going to play, I'm not sure. I think maybe Colton Coy will be playing for the Giants. I think it'll be a close game, but I think the Browns, their offense is just too good with Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield. They're having a really, really good season. I'm taking the Browns. All yeah. right, so our final game we have the Monday night game. This game definitely should have been flexed out, in my opinion. You have the 11-2 Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Cincinnati, Ohio to play the 2-10-1 already eliminated Cincinnati Bengals. Christian Baker, or not Baker Mayfield, who am I talking about? Um, I can't brain Joe, short. Burrow. Joe Burrow. He's out for the year. Joe Burrow is out for the Bengals. I think mean, if it was Ben Roethlisberger versus Joe Burrow, that would have been a really cool game, even if they would have been. The fact that Joe Burrow is not playing, I would have flexed this game out. Christian who wins this game. I was I was going to say
0: if if Joe Burrow's starting this game it was going to be exciting, right? As of a month ago, this was going to be a cool game. It wasn't going to be close. I still don't think it would have been close. I still think the Steelers would dominate them. But as soon as that happened, this should have been on the NFL's like mm, maybe we should uh maybe we should flip things around. Is what it is.
1: Steelers are going to win. I just looked it up. So the Bengals starting quarterback this Monday night will be Ryan Finley will be the starting quarterback versus the Steelers per Adam Schefter on ESPN. Adam Schefter says Ryan Finley will be the starting quarterback for the Bengals. I mean, hopefully the Bengals make it competitive, but the, the Steelers have not looked that great. The Bills beat them. That's they true. lost the week before. Like the Steelers, I'm as my, my dad's a huge 72 Dolphins fan, so I'm, all the kudos to Don Shula. Rest in peace. The 72 Dolphins, perfect season still is intact. So, yep. and I don't know if any team will ever break that record. I think the closest was the Patriots losing the Super Bowl to the New York Giants in 2007. That was the closest I think that record will ever be broken. But what, what'd you I say like this guy's Steelers.
0: name is? Ryan Finley. Is that what you said his name is? Or Ryan Finley is going to be the the Bengals starting quarterback. That sounds like a, the starting quarterback of my cousin's Pop Warner team a couple years ago. So, anyway, <laughs> maybe I'm it's just, him. Maybe it's <laughs> You never know. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm going Steelers. You're going Steelers because anyone who's not going Steelers is either wishful thinking or a Cincinnati fan. So, and even I don't think even Cincinnati fans are picking the Steelers to lose this game.
1: Jonathan, that's a show. What a what a great show it was. Andy was amazing. Absolutely. Andy Lindhall, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Guys, please give Andy a follow at at lindy lindhall and he's on twitter he's on instagram he's on facebook he's a really cool dude follows all things denver and colorado sports thank you to andy again for joining the show he is on 92.5 fm altitude sports radio in denver colorado ah so great having him on the show he said he definitely wants to come back and do the show again he just texted me right now it was great having him on the show we'll have him again hopefully in january we can talk absolutely colorado sports well that was andy lindhall i was jonathan rushing please give us a follow and Christian, say goodbye to the folks. Tell them to follow us.
0: Goodbye, folks. Yeah, follow drafting or jeez, Follow, follow. This is not drafting the magic. This is trash talk. <laughs> follow trash you, talk. You can follow drafting the magic, but follow us too. <laughs> follow trash talk C- with CJ and Rush. If you go on Instagram, it's trash talk CJ rush. Uh, and Twitter and Facebook, I think it's all of them, it's trash talk CJ rush. And, you know, go and follow us if you'd like. Go follow I am Jonathan Rushing or I am J Rushing. Go follow Christian underscore Ilton. If you follow me, I'll officially have six people. Somehow, it's gotten less than when we started this show. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us for a great show. Again, a big thanks to Andy. He was absolutely amazing. I can't wait to have him back on this show. Jonathan, say goodbye to the people. Goodbye, guys. Thanks for listening to Trash Talk.